This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again and always again and brought to you by poppyapparel.com. If you go to poppyapparel.com and, well, first off, you got to be a woman because it's all women apparel and women clothing. So if you're a woman, go to poppyapparel.com, use promo code THEPODCAST with a capital D. You'll get 10% off your next shipment. It's free shipping worldwide. Um, what else is going on? Podbros. Go to podbros.com. Go help them out. And if you shop at Amazon, obviously you know what to do. Hit the banner. It's free of charge. It takes you two seconds, and it helps out the Podbros network, which I am a part of. So go to podbros.com. Listen to myself, listen to other podcasts on the network. You could also listen to me on EMZT Radio. Every Sunday, they have a podcast block between the times of 1 and about 5. I'm usually on around 3 to 4. And you also, the usual suspects, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. And that's it, that's all for now. So this week, I continue my streak of having stand-up comics. I think I've had two or three in a row, so this is going to be either my third or fourth. And he's obviously funny enough to come on the show, so he's, uh, well, he's got a pretty uh, high bar to, to reach, because uh, the last two guests were pretty funny, so l- let's see. No pressure, no pressure. Oh my goodness. I have this week, stand-up comic, Andrew Chavone. Is it Chavone hey, or hey. Chavone? Chavone, you Chavone. got it perfect. Oh, oh good. Whew. Because I thought it was Siobhan because that's how it's spelled. I would assume the E is silent, but you never know. Yes. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. Okay, so I got that right. So far, we're on a good roll here. Right. That you don't know. You have me on, but you don't know how to say my name. <laughs> well, you see, because I know this because I did some research on you, like like a good uh, podcaster would do before having a guest. And I found out oh, that, awesome. that you're Italian. Like, your background's being Italian, right? Yeah. Oh, so, I'm half. Yeah. Oh, okay, well... But your last name, I would assume, is the Italian, right? Yeah. Some okay. people think it's French. Oh, really? Yeah, I get that a lot. But, you know, how, how people just accuse you of being something you aren't. Yeah, you're French, right? <laughs> Thank <What>? you. <laughs> I'm the same way. Because people say like, I look a certain way and whatnot. Cause my, okay, to wrap this all up, my background is Portuguese. So I have 
wow. A hard, not hard, but well, for me, it's not hard. And anyone who knows me, it's not hard. But when you first read it, it it's pretty hard to pronounce, right? So now I dropped it and I just go by Steve, right? So that's it. I don't even bother saying my last name. It doesn't matter because it's so oh. hard to pronounce and whatnot and hard to spell. So I feel embarrassed when I can't pronounce someone else's last name. So I try so hard, but okay. Yeah, you, you almost nailed it. Well, you did get it and then you, you backed away. But So you just go by, so Steve, you just like share? No. <laughs> well, I go Steve <laughs> Finger Styles because my, 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 my handle on Twitter and Instagram is Finger Styles, so I just go okay. Steve Finger Styles. That's it. All right. So then the Steve is, is something else. Well, it's it's my real first name, but you know, what what else? Well, I'm assuming your real name is Andrew, right? Yeah, it, it is. That's my real last name. <laughs> okay. So because I do know a lot of comics that have switched their last names to make it easier or to make it more, I guess, mainstream, so it, you know people catch on easier. But whatever, to each his own. Yeah, I, guess. I know about that too. That is just the whole other thing where, you know, it's funny, in the 90s, people used to change their name to be simpler, like, they'd have two first names, like Kevin James. Oh, God, that's right. <laughs> you know, and now, it's the opposite. Uh, I have a friend whose, whose name is Tom Brady, and he changed it to Tom Thakor. Like, really? He made, his, he made his name more ethnic. Okay, so you went backwards. Yeah, but I think that that's the trend. Uh, these days, I think because the more interesting of a name you have, I guess people assume the more interesting of a comedian you are. I guess so. Well, speaking or, of comedian... Or they would need ethnic people on their cast or whatever. Speaking of comedian, what type of stand-up do you do? What are you? Are you like, uh, do you do, let me see here, do you do? Do you tell stories? Do you do one-shot uh, jokes? Are you, what's the word I'm trying to find here? Hmm... I can't remember. Anyways, what yeah, kind like of one-liners? You, you do one-liner well? comedians sometimes fit the whole joke in one line. That's not me. I, I don't. Uh, I, I just talk about myself, and some of it involves stories. I try to get jokes. I try to like make, you know, get a laugh every eight seconds with with funny things to say. I okay. wouldn't call them. There's no like traditional way of saying it, but like a lot of uh. A, um, like a Jim Gaffigan type, you know, like okay. the guy who just says jokes, but it's not. It's not like punchline after punchline after punchline, right? Yeah, you know, I, I don't say popsicle stick jokes, and I also don't, um, you know, I'm trying to think of an example of somebody weird. <laughs> but, but basically, I'm just a normal comedian. Like I tell about myself, comedian. and I try right. to make it funny. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to share where you have performed in the past then? Share share what again? Where you have performed. Okay. The um, likes of. Uh, well, all over New York City, um, they, they have a word called past, which means you oh. get to perform at a club. They, they passed you. You know, past sounds like it's bad. But it in comedy, it's good. Is it? Like you hear people being passed over for things. Right. But passed at a club is good. That means you get to work there. Gotcha. I didn't hear that until I started. Sorry, what was that? The the connection went off for a bit there. Oh, the um, okay, gotcha. Back the word the word past. Yes. Have you ever heard that in comedy? Well, I've heard it is good because I always hear when people used to uh, audition at the comedy store that Mitzi would pass on them, and that would be a good thing, right? So yeah, right. So So, I know uh, a little bit. 
yeah. Okay, wow. So you are a big fan of comedy. Yes, I am. The <laughs> end comedy store and past. There you go. You see. Yeah. So uh, I'm past at a couple of clubs in New York okay. that I work uh, kind of semi regularly. Uh, like there's a comedy club called New York Comedy Club. I'm yeah. there like uh, three times a month. Nice. There, there's another one called LOL Comedy Club. It's in Times Square. It's kind mm. of a tourist. Uh, like four times a week. Okay. Uh oh. Do you still hear me? I think we just. Hey, lost... I think I just lost you. Yeah, I think I lost you too. Oh, there you go. Do you know if it's me or you? It's probably me, right? I'm on a cell phone. Uh, yeah, I have bars. I have bars oh, for days. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe you're going through dead oh, spots. No. Don't worry. This podcast is raw. People like it this way. It just shows that it's real, and I don't. Don't worry. None of this is going to get edited out, by the way. So keep on going. <laughs> okay, so I'll just keep where, where I left off about the clubs I work at. Yep. So you said LOL. Okay. That's the last time I heard was LOL. Okay. Yeah. So it's called LOL. It's uh, it doesn't have a good reputation in New York. But it, it it puts me on like three or four times a week, so I can go up multiple times and be able to work on uh, on jokes. Oh, nice! Like the, I can say the same joke like four times in four different crowds and be able to like tighten it up or change some words around. Right, that's pretty cool. And uh, I'm also there was this club called The Stand. It just recently closed down. I was past there. I would get up there once in a. Oh, uh, now I've been kind of. Uh, doing shows outside of new york city like in okay. virginia i did a show there two months ago i'm doing a show in connecticut tomorrow nice uh and i'm doing a show in rhode island next month that's oh, cool God. and and you're actually originally from virginia correct yeah so it just had four connections so uh i'm like slowly expanding out so right now i'm all over the uh the east coast and hopefully in a year i'll be you know further west have you ever well, done? Even to Canada, where you live. Oh, thank you. Have you ever done the West Coast swing yet? Uh, so yeah. So I guess your answer is uh, all over. Uh, I never really say no to anything. So okay. if somebody's like, "Hey, man, you," want, I, I got asked to do a show in Rhode Island for twenty five dollars, uh, and I said yes. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh. <laughs> and Rhode Island's like a two and a half hour drive from New York City. So you actually lost money probably that day. Yes. Interesting. Um, but I, I just hoped it would lead to more more stuff. Oh, so that's what you base it on. That that could be the one you, that you turn down could potentially be the one big break that you get, correct? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I had that in my head. I mean, some people are at the point where they can turn down stuff, but I'm, right. not, I'm not there mentally yet. Well, I did, again, going back to my research, I saw that you were on something called the Roastmasters. Yeah, I've been on there. Um, I was I was on the third ever Roastmasters. It's becoming like a web thing. I know it's I, huge now. Yeah. So I, I had no. Now it's online. Like every week they put it online, but right. I had nothing to go by, so I had to like watch old, uh, uh, old like Johnny Carson roasts. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's actually pretty cool, and you actually won the battle. Yeah, I've, I've done a couple more since, and I'm undefeated. So, are you safe to say? Are you a, a roasting comic then, or do you just like no. doing that on the side? <laughs> yeah, there's a 
couple in New York that only basically just do roasts all the time, but I'm not one of them. I just do it for fun. Oh, okay. So it's like one of those things you just do as a hobby. Yeah, or and because you know, it just showcases more things about you in case ever need somebody to write for a roast, they'll be like, Oh, okay, this guy this guy's wrote, wrote written roast jokes before. Let's maybe think about him. Well, that's true too. Well, again, exposure, right? You want to get yourself out there. The more stuff you're on, the more you're, you are when people search for you, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, this year I've been actively putting stuff out, like comedy tapes, the roasts. Uh, I try to tweet like once a, once a day, and hopefully that tweet does pretty well. <laughs> once a day, that's your goal, just to put out one tweet a day? But what, like anything or a joke or are you trying out bits or it's just anything that comes to your mind? Yeah, it's like sometimes it's new bits and sometimes it's like a joke. Sometimes I'll like just think of it and tweet it or sometimes I'll be sitting there with a pen and pad writing my tweet out for like 60 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you put actually thought into it then. Yeah, like the one I did yesterday, I thought about maybe for like a half hour. It was wow. one idea and then I kept adding to it. And oh, okay. then I, uh, you know, sent it to a couple of my friends. I'm like, hey, do you think this is funny? And they said yes, so then I tweeted it, and the whole process probably took probably took a little over an hour. <laughs> oh wow! See that you see people see the dedication and the I guess the love they have for their art that they willingly doing this for hours on end for free for your free entertainment. <laughs> yeah, all for free. That's so crazy. It's all for free in the hopes that somebody someday somebody will pay you. But then when you think about it, it's like. Why would they pay you if, if you're, you know, they got all this for free anyway? Yeah, I know. But it leads to other avenues. Well, what I usually been asking the recent stand-ups I've had on is, what's your end goal? What do you want to accomplish out of all this? Do you want to be an actor? Do you want to be always doing stand-up, a writer? Oh, yeah. What, what do they say? Various. Uh, last week I had Sarah Rin. She says ultimately she's happy with comedy as doing stand-up, but she, she wouldn't mind doing writing. And I had uh, Brian Scalaro the week before, and he loves acting, so he, he wouldn't mind just act all the time. So I got a little bit oh of both. Oh my god, yeah. Scalaro is great. Yeah, he's he so is. so funny. He's one of a kind, for and, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He's already an actor. Uh, yeah. Did he tell you about that? Yeah, no, of course. I did my research too, but I'm saying that he would rather just do acting and let stand, like if he had a choice, he would rather just continue acting and let stand-up go. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So what's uh, your end goal then? My end goal, so I did submit to uh, a couple things for the first time in the past couple months. I submitted to uh, uh, this Netflix show that Michelle Wolf is the head of. Okay. It's like the writing packet um, where they give you like a lot of prompts and you kind of have to write jokes for every prompt. Oh, okay. And I was like, I had so much fun doing it where I was like, oh, I could, you know, I didn't get the job, but <laughs> I could see myself. <laughs> kind of doing that for a living because it, okay. it was very similar to tweeting you know you get like ah. a like a news story is your your premise right. and then you write a joke about that and that would be the tweet except of for course. here it's somebody else is going to say it in front of a live audience and it's going to be on tv yeah exactly you 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 get all well the person on tv gets all the glory but you have the satisfaction of knowing that you're the one who got that pop and you're getting paid for it right yeah writers get paid a lot of money i just found that out too <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah, but but I know a lot of writers too that um, start writing and then they are in the writers' room till like nine p.m. and right. stand up kind of slowly takes the back seat until they're not a comedian anymore. Oh yes, 
Well, there's been actually Stop. a big few people like that too, right? The big, the big few people like what? That are like that, like the like for example, uh, Adam Sandler. Like when's the last time he did a, a stand-up routine, right? Yeah, him, Judd Apatow. Oh yeah, there's another good one. Yeah, exactly. See. Uh, he, he, and then and then Sandler, I heard recently, is trying to get back into it, and so is uh, Apatow. Okay. He's, they're both they're both trying to get back to the thing that they left behind. Yeah, but I guess it's kind of easy when you're making millions not to go back to when you were making nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. So what I don't blame them at all. Because all these people are like, oh, they should go back in this. And like legitimately angry. It's like, fuck you. You would do the exact same thing if you were in that situation. It's not like he abandoned you. It's that uh, he got a better offer. There's a big difference. Yeah. And then uh, I was also thinking like maybe they're just so rich they get bored. You know, like how much, That's true what too. else can you do with a million dollars? That is so like, true. How many times can you go to France? You know? <laughs> I know that is so true. I never thought of it that way too. It's just probably out of boredom. It's yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think that's why Sandler's doing it, and I think so. Uh, I know, like, there's some uh, this guy Jeremy Piven is recently yes. trying to do stand up again. Actually, I wanted to get your opinion on that. Perfect. You read my mind this week. That was going to be w- w- one of my questions towards you. When you have an actor going into your realm, but actually selling out and making money. And he's literally a rookie and just trying his shit out. Yeah. That's, so, uh, thoughts? I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> personally, I don't really like it. <laughs> well, you have your full right to not like it. You, you, you have an opinion. It's not like yeah. you're saying anything bad I mean, I about the guy. I don't know if Piven will ever ask me to write for him or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's just, I, I just feel bad for the people that go and watch him because they're like, oh my God, Jeremy Piven, he's doing right. comedy. And then, yeah. and then I don't know what he does for like 45 minutes or what he talks about, but I can't imagine he's funny for 45 minutes. Well, and that's, then they leave and they're like, oh man, it was cool seeing Piven, but stand-up comedy kind of sucks, huh? Well, that's what I was thinking too. Like, what does he do? Does he just tell stories from his life or does he actually like sling jokes? Like, what part is it? Is it a one-man show? Like, what's going on? I had a friend who um, was on a show that he was on in New York, and he okay. said it was a lot of Hollywood stories, oh, like interesting okay. tales. Right. And then apparently, you know, you get the light when you're a comedian, and you have to get off stage. Yes. So he got the light, and then he did another, he, he did like a, a super long amount of time after he got the light. So the guy who ran the show was kind of like... Pissed off. Oh, this guy's kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has name and, I guess, power behind him, so that's probably why he acts that way too, right? Yeah, a lot of arrogance. And and I heard he was doing stand-up because he's gotten in trouble with a lot of the Me Too stuff. So oh. apparently that was affecting his acting in right. Hollywood's career. So gotcha. that's why he's doing stand-up, because there's less, I guess, Me Too... <laughs> movement and stuff about stand-up i don't know except for louis ck well yeah that's a whole totally different story so how about this how about like the types like amy schumer who just come into comedy stores and interrupt people sets just to do her own without being on the bill or anything and then people get bumped what what do you think of that do do, once you get to a level here's my question once you get to a level of being a stand-up do you have the right to walk in and do whatever the fuck you want even if it's at to bump people yeah I think uh, I think like Dave Chappelle and, and Chris Rock. Yeah, full right. Okay. Oh, did you lose me again? No, no, no. I agree with you. No, yeah, that's true. It's true. They worked to that level for a reason, and 
it, it's right. If they walk into a room and, sorry to say, if, if there's a rookie's on stage or someone who's not very well known, yeah, you're going to have to step down and let this fucking monster d- destroy because that's just the way it is. And then eventually, hopefully, you'll get to that status one day, right? Yeah, and uh, I don't really mind it. If some, you okay. know, like one time TJ Miller. Um, yes, he's another I was one. on the lineup and, and he bumped me. Oh, so that happened to you. Oh, this is speaking from experience then. Yeah. Okay, okay. Perfect. But I was like, uh, but he was so nice in the green room. Like he like talked to me and, you know. Right. I was like, wow, I don't mind at all. <laughs> you know, like this guy's pretty nice. Well, there you go. So see, it's not always about, see, that's why the media always spins it and takes it such in a bad way. Because if even the comic who gets bumped himself doesn't care, why should we care? That's what I n- never understood about this shit. But I guess whatever. Uh, that's a, another rant for another day. But Yeah, I just don't like when I'm on a, when I get bumped from my peers, you know? Like oh, if I'm ready to go on stage I see. and somebody's okay. like, the, the guy running the show is like, oh, by the way, your friend has to leave, so he's going to go up next. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like about to walk on stage and I get told the guy who's like equal or less funny than me, right. you know, right. you know, cause you kind of like prepare mentally to go on stage. And then when somebody tells you at the last minute, you're not, you know, you, you kind of, uh, it, it, it just like messes with, with your mind a little bit. Well, of course, because you're probably in that zone of going into performed and all of a sudden you get the brakes pulled on you and you're like, Oh, what the fuck? It's like almost yeah. getting a blue balls, but in comedy. You got the blue balls yeah. of comedy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to be too graphic, but yes, it's exactly like that. <laughs> oh, you could be as graphic as you want. The more graphic, the better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Yes, it's one of those shows. You'll soon find out. Don't worry. And speaking of that, actually, here's a question for you. Sure. Because like I said, I, I saw some of your shit, and I got a very important question. Have you really figured out now how to finger a girl properly? Oh my god! Uh, yeah, um, it's been about ten years, but I figured it out. <laughs> there you go, ten years. Wow. wow. Yeah, it took a lot of Wikipedia, but but Wikipedia is wrong sometimes. Right? Yeah, because it's source edited, and you know those guys who edit it are nerds. Thank you. And what do they know about fingering? Right. Right. So you know, so I had to read a lot. I bought a book. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the book was just called Fingering, and it, and it was in the shape of a, of a finger. Oh, that that's fucking hilarious. When I heard that bit that you did, I, I couldn't stop laughing. That's so fun. And then especially, I, I guess, well, it's out there anyways, but I don't really want to ruin it, but go check it out. But in a nutshell, you're just like, yeah, fingering, I just put it in and left it in there. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Because obviously, as a kid, your first time, what do you know? Right. And if, like... As yourself, I kind of sort of experienced that too because I grew up in a Catholic home. So sex was the devil. No one ever talked about it. No one, you weren't taught it. It did not exist. That's what, right. that was my house. But luckily I had friends and stuff and whatever. But in your case, you literally thought fingering was putting a finger in someone and just leaving it in there. And then there you go. What, what did you think was going to happen though? I don't know. I remember, uh, so that joke is... Uh is you know there's a lot of setup there where of course. You know, my friends are talking about it yeah um but the real story was we, we i was in a movie theater with with uh this first girl i ever met okay. and um and you know i didn't move it around and we just watched the movie for like you know 30 minutes with just my finger in there <laughs> did you have water fingers after was it all wrinkly and shit Probably. I don't remember, but I just remember being like, this is pretty cool. 
Did she get off 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 of it at least? Or no, I, okay, I don't okay. think so. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think she ever talked to me again. So probably well, not. There, there's your answer, right? Oh my god. Sorry, I just had to bring that up. If that embarrassed you a bit. Oh. No, no, that's fine. But uh, I remember, like, I was talking to my friend about it, and I remember that funny moment where where that happened, and right. I was like, "Oh, I can make a whole joke about this." Of course, man, you can make a whole stand-up routine around it. Make it like a, yeah. a beginning and then an end point, and go back to it. That no, that's why that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Thank you, man. Speaking of yeah. hilarious, do you want to? I guess I've well, I haven't said anything, but I haven't done a top five in a while. So this is a surprise okay. top five. Me and you, I, well, I told you to pick out, since I'm doing stand-ups, our top five favorite, most influential, greatest of all time, whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't matter. Your own top five of stand-up comics. Okay. So do you want to go first or me? Well, hold up. We, okay. We, we, we got to set this up. We can't just go right into it. I'm sorry, man. I thought you were done setting it up. <laughs> no. I like foreplay. I, I like to extend it. You see, I don't just put the finger in. I actually wiggle it around, all right? Okay, all right. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's take it slow. There, thank you. There you go. Put Dim the lights. Put some slow jams on. That's how you do it. Anyways, okay, so you have your top five. I have my top five. My premise, let's explain our premises first before we get into it so then people know. It's not, sure. it's not what I think is the greatest of all time because I wasn't alive when the so-called greatest, I guess the... The Mount, the, the Mount Rushmore of comedians, I wasn't alive when they were around, right? So yeah, to me, their, their comedy is a bit lost in transition from the generations, I guess. So me, it's who made me laugh the most and who's put out the most content that I think is deserving. So in other words, my favorite of all time. That's my premise. What, what, what's yours based on? Uh, same thing, kind of. The ones okay. I grew up and the ones that influence me now. Oh, Okay. And the ones I can, like, listen to again and again and again. See, that's important, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so a we, lot of these people on my list, I have their CDs. Oh, there you go. See, or I've, same thing, or I've seen them live, or I've seen them on Netflix, so forth and so on, or or on old albums and shit. But I, I didn't tell you this. You could also slip in a few honorable mentions along the way if you think of someone that's not on your list, just in case. Because I always throw in a few extra because it's always so hard to put your favorite of anything into, like, a top five, right? Right. Let's do, since you're the guest, you get to go first. What's your number five comic of okay. all time? The five comic I have is um, Greg Giraldo. I never heard of this guy. You never heard of him? Okay, I so swear he, to God. He, he, beca- he became popular with um, the Comedy Central roasts. Okay. Like they roasted um, uh, Flavor Flav. And oh, Kings. gotcha. Okay. So he I've probably like seen him. Okay. Okay, okay. I've seen him, but I probably just don't remember his name. That's that's the thing. Okay. Yeah, he would go on first and all the roast and kind of like set the bar for the whole roast. Right. Okay. Like, but he was like, but he was a really funny comedian. Um, you know, like uh, some of the jokes I wrote down that he has is, uh, you know, he uh, he sees a homeless guy and the, his friend says, "Don't give him money because he's just going to use it on drugs and alcohol." And he right. says, "Oh wait, that's exactly what I'm going to use it for." Okay. That's good. <laughs> and then he said he has a joke. It's another joke about a homeless guy where he says uh, he saw a guy, uh, a homeless guy with underwear outside of his pants. Right. And uh, he asked the guy for money, and the and the business guy said, "Why don't you get a job, you bum?" Oh my 
And, and Greg Giraldo says, the guy had underwear outside of his pants. <laughs> you know, I think your basic sweatshop has an underwear inside of the pants policy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I love oh. those jokes because they both are, you know, they're not the stereotypical homeless joke. Like he, he right. takes the side of the homeless guy. Exactly. Where, and he takes like another perspective where he's like, oh, I can imagine being the homeless guy. I feel bad for the homeless guy. I'm not just making fun of the homeless guy. I'm making fun of the people that make fun of the homeless guy. Right. So it's like kind of deep. And a lot of his jokes are like that. They're very he, – he has another joke where he talks about um, – he saw the documentary on the Civil War. Okay. And uh, a lot of the Civil War documentary featured letters written from home to home from the soldiers. Have you ever seen something like that? Never. Well, you're in Canada. I guess the Civil War is just... <laughs> it's just well, it's just a story they tell us. <laughs> We've never had a Civil War really in Canada, so... We don't have, actually haven't been in any war unless it's just to support you guys, so... Other than that... Oh my god, come on. World War One. you guys were the, uh, the Vinmi Ridge? Well, yeah, that's true. Okay, okay, sorry. See, again, that's before my time, though. I'm saying, like, most recently. <laughs> <laughs> in your lifetime? Right. Yes, I base everything on my lifetime. Nothing existed before that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, but Geraldo had a so he, so these these eighteen hundred soldiers would write home and be like, "Dear right. Zepp, oh, I've longed to see you again." Okay. He's like, "Can you imagine what the average Iraq soldier writes home?" Oh my god. He uh, was Beth. Uh, sure is hot here. Um, it sure is hot in the desert. <laughs> is it desert spelled wrong? Right. It's such a brilliant joke. Um, but that's just like the kind of comedian he was. It was like very funny. So I, I listen to his his uh, two albums like over and over again, and I laugh right. every time. Well, there you go. Okay, I'll, let's go with my number five. Okay, again, I didn't base this on acting either. I went so- solely on their stand-up routine. Like no acting okay. aside, no nothing like that. Or, or else if it was a combination of both, it would probably be a bit different. But my number five, not for his acting, but for his stand-up, is Dave Chappelle. Oh my god, that's your number five? That's my number five. So you can see how good this list is going to get then. (laughs) (laughs) It better be. (laughs) I got to start off low. But again, see, it's more people recent. And I don't know, I just found that his last two specials on Netflix were good. And his earlier stuff is just amazing. There was that in-between stuff when he went a bit crazy and went to Africa and whatnot. But the before and after, dead on. Did you see uh, Killing Him Softly? It was uh, his HBO special, his first one. His first one? Uh, probably, yeah, but cool. that's pretty old, right? That's a, what, about 10, 12 years old by now, no? Maybe even older, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, his first yeah. one. I can't remember that far back. It's the one where he talks about Oscar the Grouch. Oh, yes, that's right. Okay, I remember that. Where they're like, Oscar, why are you grouchy? And he's like, bitch, I live in a garbage can. <laughs> see? Isn't that classic? It's so classic, but that 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 special it's called uh killing them softly every uh joke is hilarious like it's an Mm -hmm. hour of of hilarity which i i I mean his new one's great but i'm not laughing like every you know 10 seconds well see for me it's more nostalgic because it was seeing him become i guess be his old self again like you know like i said that in between show was just weird and again i'm not basing this on anything on any of the skits on the Chappelle show either i'm saying strictly just stand up his routines and these two were I guess, on the way to how the first one was, right? So at least he wasn't yeah. crazy and full of himself. It, was, it wasn't like the best, obviously, stand-up routine I've ever seen, but it was. I would give it maybe like a 7, 8 out of 10, you know what I mean, on both of them. 
Yeah, and uh, he um, he's like inspirational in a way where he was like the like he started out in the urban rooms in D.C. You know, just yep. bombing because he he went to like uh, art school. He he was very like smart, and uh, I guess they didn't like the type of humor he did. And I heard a, a story where his manager said that he came out crying. Oh my that he, god! He did so bad, uh, but he just stuck with what he knew was funny, you know, which was the jokes that he does. Exactly. He didn't do anything about, uh, you know, hacky, hacky stuff. He, he did like funny stories and, and stuff that was true to him. And now he's the most, one of the most successful comedians out there. I know it's crazy, right? So just, you know, just if, if, uh, anyone's listening, just, just keep, keep, on doing what you've been doing. <laughs> Keep on grinding, especially if you know and you've been told it's good. It's just you need that. Like I, I mention this all the time on the show. This is, people are probably sick of this. It's, yeah, your talent and your hard work takes you somewhere, but I solely believe that having that luck puts you over that hump. Like being in the right place at the right time, see, having the right person lay eyes on you, having someone retweet something of yours so other people see it. Like all these things come together and that's what I call luck. That's not based on Cause like, oh no, but if you know what, if if you were kept on grinding, he would have made it anyways. What he? How many talented people are out there that don't make it and are just as funny as Dave Chappelle, right? Yeah, it's the luck is there too. I'm sorry, I don't care what anyone says. That's a small component. I agree. I agree completely about the luck, but there's also like the. Uh, I think I've heard like luck meets preparation. Like right. you can be in that spot, but you got to be ready to shine. See, and that's yeah. what I mean. You need you need the balance. As much as you can't have only talent, and you can't have only luck, because you're going to crash and burn eventually. You need a little bit oh, of both. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what I mean. So yeah, that was my number five. Uh, what's wow, man? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> we see the top, <laughs> the rest of these. Uh, so at number four, I had um, uh, Brian Regan. You know him? I don't know any of these people, man. I feel so embarrassed. Okay. Well, he uh, he's like one of the uh, one of the few comedians that just became famous from stand up. Like he doesn't okay. have a sitcom, he doesn't have a movie. Okay. He he sells out theaters all over the country just because he's a funny guy. Right. Uh, he uh, has a joke about um. Uh, he's just like naturally funny. Like he makes faces on stage and and. Uh, but his jokes are great. Like he has a joke about uh, when the when the can first came out that had peanut butter and jelly mixed together. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Why don't we just throw in breadcrumbs to make it a third meal?" You know? Oh, oh my god, this is delectable. All right, so that joke is a bad example. <laughs> and uh, what, is he still performing? Is he alive? Like, how old is this yeah, guy? Still performing. Okay. He just was newest season of Comedians in Cars. And oh, okay. A season. So he's been on Queens of Cars twice, which is, I think, is a big achievement in itself. Well, of course. Uh, and he's been on like he's done it all. He's done Letterman many times, Leno. So you know what? Um, I must I've must have seen him too because I've seen all the seasons of Comedians and Cars. So yeah, again, he, I'm bad with has, names. He is the one where he tells the story about how he worked at a toy store and some guy had this uh, hole in the wall, and he and he followed him in the hole. No, I don't remember it at all. And he was like, "Isn't this better than working?" As long as you're mov- remember, as long as you're moving in the hole, it's all right. Just don't <laughs> st- <laughs> yeah, move it around, people. <laughs> okay, so your number four is our and what is he an inspiration to? Do you just enjoy his work or? Yeah, I enjoy his work, and he's an inspiration because he makes it okay 
just to be funny. Like, he, yes, you know, that's important. He, he's, I mean, to most people, he's a household name, but he did it without, uh, you know, signing on to be the, in the new Jumanji or something. Let's see. Like, he did it all from jokes. I don't know if he could have his kind of success now, but it's reassuring to know that you could be a funny guy and people will know you and you don't have to, like, you know, be Kevin Hart or whatever. That's true because it, that's funny because, well, one of my honorable mentions is Kevin Hart, but again, for his stand-up because I actually saw him for the first time at a Just for Laughs festival that was here in Toronto. and he was oh, part, awesome. And he was part of, of the card. And he was still a nobody. Like, no one knew him. And he killed it. Like, he was the best. I can't... Oh, that's why. I'm sorry to say, Jason Alexander was the headliner, and he's not a real stand-up, right? Uh, the guy from Seinfeld? Yes, George Costanza. He was the wow. headliner. Yeah, but he's he doesn't do stand-up. It was more like a storytelling thing. So, it's not like he killed it, but Kevin Hart stole the show, and he went on, like, second or third. And there was, like, a lineup of, like, six or seven of them, right? So, I saw him at an early stage, and then to see him blow up to what he is now. And then, again, going back to the Netflix specials that he's dropped and everything before that... Dude's fucking funny, but he's one of my honorable mentions. He's not my number four, though. He's he's not on my list. <laughs> I didn't see his number four. All right, <clears throat> my number four, solely for his two albums, and one of them is the first ever stand-up album I ever heard. And this is when I knew you could actually swear and be funny, which okay. I love. So my number four is Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, I just saw Delirious this weekend. There you go. Which one do you like better, though, Delirious or Raw? Uh, they're both so different. I know, uh, right? But Roth you have to have a favorite. For him as a very rich guy, I feel like. <clears throat> right? Right? Yes. he tells a story about Bill Cosby calling him. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Classic shit. Yeah, wow. Uh, I, liked, um, I like the jokes in Delirious because I think they set up every every African-American comedian that I see today right. uh, kind of has a little Eddie Murphy from Delirious in them, you know? Right, it's true. Like, like even Kevin Hart, like I can kind yeah. of see, like, oh, there's a lot of of uh, parallel thinking, like, and with every one of those jokes in Delirious, like he has a joke about, uh, like farting. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, even though it's a basic premise, like farting in front of your friends and stuff. Right. Uh, I've seen like five comics this year have like a very similar bit. See, there you go. He is very, as much as people don't want to admit it, he is very influential. But again, his early stuff, because obviously he's another one who became an actor, then never did stand up again, right? Just, that's it. And now, I guess he does little cameos here and there. But other than that, what is he really up to, right? Yeah, apparently he's supposed to do stand up on, on the Saturday Night Live reunion. Really? Oh, that would be interesting. So what is it? Is it all the original cast, or is it like the best from each season t- sort of thing? What, uh, say again, you, you kinda, I kind of lost you. For the Saturday Night Live, because I'm not aware of this, is it the original cast, or is it just like the best comics over the the years of Saturday Night Live? It was going to be the 40th anniversary where they had everybody who was ever in it. Okay, in perfect. And he was, I think he came out to host it. Right. Usually as the host, you do a monologue, yeah. you do some jokes. Yeah, yeah. He just said, hey, everybody, thanks for coming. And that's it? Yeah, it was like three minutes long. He didn't do anything. Well, well, then that guy just goes to show you that he really is is done writing and doing stand-up, right? He's living off that, uh, I guess, uh, Shrek money, as they say. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I've also heard, so there's this uh, old comedian that um, I've seen around, and he uh, he kind of overlapped with Eddie a little bit. 
Right. And uh, they're like uh, some other comedians are talking about Eddie Murphy, and then this comedian goes, Eddie? Oh, he never loved it. <laughs> you know? So he said that because I guess if Eddie really loved stand-up, he would just keep doing it. But if he never really did love it, then that's why he's doing movies and, and stuff now. Yeah, but you know what? He had to love it at some point because, like I said, those two albums that he came out on, Delirious, are like on almost everybody's top 10 list of probably albums of all time too. Like, you know, at least one or the other. So, yeah, I don't know. but yeah, but maybe he just became so good or whatever that he was like afraid to top himself too. I, I think about that. You know what? That is true. Some people are like that. They know when they've peaked and they just bow out and be like, you know what? No, I can't top that. I'm not going to make a fool of myself. Yeah. Or this also happens with even comedians I know and uh, I've worked with over the years. Mm-hmm. They'll take like a like a month off, right? And then every day after that, it gets harder to get on stage. You see, like, like, uh, and then and then before they know it, it's been six months without doing comedy, and then it's wow. a year, and then it's even harder to get on stage because you're all rusty. Yeah, and and you're embarrassed to bomb in front of your friends and stuff. So then then it just grows and grows and grows until they eventually never do it again. Oh, there you go. Well, sidetracking. Speaking of bombing, I'm not going to ask if you've ever bombed because I'm. Uh, I assume that everyone's at least bombed once in their life because no one's fucking perfect. But oh man, yeah, I what? bombed at least once this month. <laughs> okay, well you didn't ha- you didn't have to share that much, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering when you do bomb or. When you are bombing and you know of it, do you adjust or do you just let it ride out and like, ah, oh, I lost this one, back to the drawing board? There, there's some tricks that I have with bombing and I'll do some of those okay. where I'll, like if the material isn't working, then I'll try to talk to the crowd and if they're not giving me anything, hmm. uh, then I know I'm like really, there, there, there's like nothing I can do. <laughs> you know? Like I'll try like a series of jokes I'll do quick jokes, I'll do yeah. dumb jokes, I'll do smart jokes, I'll yeah. do jokes about the town, I'll do jokes about TV, and if none of them are working, I'm like, oh my god, I definitely, there's nothing I can do, I'll just keep talking until I have to get off stage. <laughs> and those are the days, speaking of the red light, those are the days you want that shit to come on a lot faster. Yeah, and the worst bomb is sometimes I'll be at a club or doing a gig, and they won't tell you how long you're doing. Like oh. you just know when you get when you get the light, that's when you get off. Oh shit! So then you you're just like bombing in the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> that's good if you're killing a room, but yeah, if you're bombing, you don't want that. It just keeps going and going. It's like watching a bad movie at a theater because you you paid so much money, you're not going to walk out. You just sit through it, right? Oh, I've had some where uh, um, I did this one terrible club. Uh, when I first started, and I yeah. did this thing called a check spot where they drop the checks while you're on stage. Yeah, yeah. And they have this spot just so people don't like take their check and run out of the room. Okay. I, I don't even know why they even have it because I think you could just take the check and run out of the room even if there wasn't a comedian on stage. That's true. I know. It, it makes guess, no sense. Like, I'm the security at the same time. I, I have no idea why they do this, but uh, the same thing. They didn't, they didn't tell me when they were lighting me, they forgot me. I was up there for 25 minutes. I probably had like eight minutes of material. Right. Uh, finally, like after minute eighteen, somebody in the front goes up and says, "Boo, you stink!" Fuck off. And I just say, "Hey, at least you're listening." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> oh, I think any of you were paying attention to me. <laughs> Well, that's what I always tell people. Either hate or love, you're getting an emotion. If you're not getting anything, then you know you're doing something wrong. Right, yeah. So at least then I was like, all right, at least they're listening to me. And then he <laughs> left. Once he left, everyone started leaving. 
Wow. <laughs> so there was like maybe eight people left by the time I finally got the light and I got off stage. Uh, and after that, I vowed never to go back to that place. I was like, I don't care if you guys pay me a hundred dollars. I'm never performing right. here ever again. Hey, you got to have your limits too, right? Yeah, I just like the total disrespect of, of them just leaving me up there and not telling me. And then, I know. You know yeah, that's not uh, cool. Like, and I don't understand it. Like, you obviously in your business, you guys have to work hand in hand, unless you get to that fucking like we we're talking about Chappelle status. But you have to work hand in hand with each other, and you're helping each other out. Like, you're yeah. getting eyes. They're they're allowing you to have eyes on you, and you're allowing them for people to buy beer and fucking food. You know what I mean? So it's it, it's an even trade. I don't know why they would treat each other any other di- different. But well, in New do? York, it's it's uh, there's just like it's like supply and demand, and there's just like a ton of comedians. So they're like, oh, they can be a douche to him. And oh, be like five I see. Andrews to take his place. Well, you know what? Sorry to say, it's pretty much the same thing up here in Toronto. We got now they're popping up everywhere. We got comedy bars and clubs on every corner now in Toronto, so there's always oh, wow. work for people. So if you ever do want to come to Toronto, there's plenty of places to work. <laughs> yeah, I have my my one of my good friends. His name's Alex Pavone, and he uh, he 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 said if you just go up to Toronto, I'm going to give you a list of like places you can see? get on like end of the week. Yeah, see exactly. So you, you'll always have work up here. All right, let's go into our number three since we veered off for a little bit there. We took a little time out. What's your number three of all time? Okay, so number three is uh, David Tell. Do you know him? Yes, I've heard of him. Oh, great. Okay. This one I know. This one what? This one I actually have heard of, so we're good here. Oh, great. uh, He's working on a new special with Jeff Ross. Okay. Uh, that's going to come out where they just invite people on the stage and make fun of them. Oh, what, like regular people out of the audience? I think so. I don't know the oh. whole concept of the show, but I know one of my friends That'd be who's tall and has glasses that was there, and, and okay. David Tell called him to the stage and said he looked like a ladder with glasses. Oh, nice. And he, told, he also said he looked like The Undertaker's son. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And he had all these jokes like in a row. That just came out of nowhere. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that's wow. like the kind of level of comedy where you're like intimidated almost. Yeah, you, that's the thing. Their bag of tricks is so big. It's like literally like the bag of Santa Claus. It's just endless with gifts in there. They just pop them all when yeah. they want. But just like The Undertaker's son. Like, where would you. I know. Because the guy was like skinny and kind of gangly. It's like. In a thousand years, would you ever think of putting The Undertaker and the word son together? <laughs> <laughs> you do not, even as a wrestling fan, because I'm a huge wrestling fan myself, I would, that never has crossed, even anything sexual with The Undertaker has never crossed my mind. Like, oh, ha- having a family, having talking, kids, nothing. I he, think he was talking about the, uh, the profession of being an Undertaker. <laughs> oh, fuck. You see, it still would have worked as The Undertaker's son, because The Undertaker's son is a little bit gangly and, you know, pale-skinned and whatnot, but... Oh. He's a real person? Yeah, he is. He's a wrestler. Oh, my God. <laughs> Way over your head. Don't worry. <laughs> I guess you're not a wrestling fan. No. Oh. Um, yeah, wrestling uh, scares me. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah. I've, uh, I watched... Uh, one, one, one time I was a kid, I watched WWF. Right. Uh, my cousin... and No, it was WWE because my cousin is one of the announcers, Tony Schiavone. You know what? Holy fuck. I was just going to ask you that. That was going to be the way I was going to sign off. I was going to do a little banter and be like, oh, by the way, 
I'm a huge wrestling fan. Are you related to Tony Schiavone? Because that's actually how they pronounce it. And that's why I didn't know how to pronounce your name. I was like, Tony right. Schiavone, that, that used to sense. work for WCW. I know that guy. That's my childhood. I used to listen to him every fucking Monday night on, on Nitro. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, well, he changed the pronunciation for showbiz. Like, ah, it's supposed to be, um, you but see? But since he went by Tony, he went by Tony Schiavone. Oh, my God, you see that? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. That's so cool. So, uh, since he was my cousin, I watched one, I think it was Nitro, and yeah. I can't even, maybe, maybe it was, but they had a guy uh, come on that had face paint, and he was a voodoo guy. You know that guy? Well, I'm thinking of... Papa Shango, but that was WWF. Okay, maybe it was WWF I watched, and I just didn't know the difference. Yeah, he came out with a like, smoke, and he had like a skull painted on his face. Yeah. Okay, that yeah, that's him. Papa Shango, yes. So then he did a spell on, it might have been the Ultimate Warrior. Yes, and I'll, and I'll tell you exactly out. what happened. I don't remember much, but for some odd reason, I remember wrestling. Then Green Ooze started oozing down his face. Am I correct? Yeah. There you go. And I never watched wrestling again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I don't blame you then. That's pretty uh, rough introduction. Okay, he's small. It was. It was the first time I ever watched it. I was like, oh my god, this guy, I thought he was really hurt. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's oh fucking god. hilarious. I think I had a nightmare for like a week. Oh, wow. Okay, I don't blame you then. Because some people just don't like it because whatever. Obviously, the whole mentality that, oh, it's not real, it's scripted. That's why I don't like it. But then again, so are movies. So is the circus. So is like Cirque du Soleil. All these things are scripted too, and people watch it. But I digress. I'm not going to get into that, anyways. Yeah, it's entertainment. Thank you. Entertainment's entertainment. All right, and let's go into my. Is, you know, sports is entertainment. And oh yeah, of course. Things are, things are definitely rigged there with like uh, people with a lot of money, the teams and stuff. Well, don't even get me started on soccer. So. Okay. <laughs> I know oh, that so, all too well. So, Oh, so just real quick, so sure. David Tell. Yes, uh, David Tell, let's go. Yeah, finish this off. That's right. You know, so he has an hour. He, he has an album called Skanks for the Memories. Okay. And it's the same thing. Every second on that is funny. Uh, mm. uh, he has another joke on a, on a later album where he talks about, you know, you never see a midget mailing a letter. Okay. Because he can't reach? I guess. But <laughs> he, uh, I think that's the joke. Wow. <laughs> says, uh, you know, can you imagine uh, even mailing a letter? You know, he'd have to get a stamp, which he calls a portrait. Well, he's kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it. And then he, and then he says, uh, you know, midgets, they have an excuse to be late all the time. You know, it's like, why were you late? There was a puddle, I had to swim. <laughs> Holy shit, that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> so these are silly jokes, but they're so good. I mean, they're, they're just... He gets the laugh in like five words, which is which is crazy for a comedian. Oh my god! Well, actually, I want to help you out for a second here, because I just actually, oddly enough, it's funny that you used the word. Because whatever, I'm trying to be sensitive and now being on air. Do you know that now the term and the word midget is offensive to small people? Oh yeah, that's. Uh, but he still says the word. Like, he doesn't care. No, I understand. You're explaining the joke, and you're saying it as right. it is. You're not saying it in a harmful way, but I'm just saying that, just to let people know how far this PC police has gone, that now you, now it's known as the M word. You can't even, you can't say the M word anymore. Oh, you can't even say that? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, uh, that was, I remember growing up, that was like a new thing, where they called them little people, and then dwarves and stuff. 
it's changing all the time. I just don't understand. I can't keep up with everything, like every religion, race, gender, this, that. There's always a new term every day. Like, like even with the LGBTQ, they keep like here in Canada, it's called LGBTQ U2 or something. Like they just keep adding fucking stuff to it. It's like, how are you yeah. supposed to keep up? LGBBQ. <laughs> it's <Okay>. BYOB. <laughs> Pretty much, right? <laughs> but it's so hard to keep up. And as long as a person's not saying it in, uh, in an offensive manner, who fucking cares? Why are you bringing it to light? That's, that's my whole gripe on it. Yeah, well, you know, it's just because now it's social media. Everyone has a voice and everyone can say they're, they're upset and yeah. offended. And, and uh, there's just so many uh, blogs and stuff. So if they pick up one tweet where somebody said they didn't like a word, then yep. they riddle about it because they want clicks. Exactly. And you're not even safe. It could be even a tweet from fucking five years ago that the context is totally different back then and whatever, and it was acceptable, but now it's not, and then people still attack you for that. Yeah, that's what happened to James Gunn. He just got fired. Oh, really? For a 10-year-old tweet where, I, I don't even remember what the tweet said. Oh, yeah, I don't know either. See, that's that's stupid. Because obviously yeah. that person's mentality is not saying, the same. It's like, you, you can grow as a person. Thank you. you. Know, 10 years ago, you can grow as a person and, and be more mature and stuff, and... Somebody said, like, uh, like now the only artist that Disney will have will be, will be will have no past, no rough edges, you know, just be like boring robots. <laughs> you know what? It's true, and that's going to cause a lot of harm towards creativity because everyone knows that a rough childhood and bringing up is what cre- makes people creative. <laughs> yeah, a rough childhood, and yeah, you like grow as a person. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, but. I know. All right, let's go into my number three. This number three is because this was the first time, again, this is when I was still new to listening and watching comedy, but the first time I saw, not even saw, I heard his act was on an airplane when I was on an airplane. Because you know how they have the channels on the armrest and sometimes they have like comedy specials on there. So that was the first time I heard it. I can't remember when it was. It was before he had his TV show. So he he had a TV show. And I could relate so much because it was just, you see something and you make fun of it. You see something, you make fun of it. It was so relatable. So my number three is Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> there you go. So hopefully I did explain it well. <laughs> that style is called observational. Yes, I love observational because, again, I'm one of those people that I need to relate to what I'm watching to. And if I don't relate to it and I don't like it, I can't get into it. It's super hard for me. Yeah, he um, he was the master. Like uh, He had a special called I'm Telling You for the Last Time. It's mm-hmm. on Netflix now. Okay. But... Uh, Easily one of the best. It's like because he, he, he had 10 years of material and he finally got an hour to, to dump it all. Yes. So it's uh, all of his best work, but it's very dated in a way where he talks about VCRs and, right. and stuff. Uh, but it's funny, like his kind of humor, the observational stuff is like he couldn't do those jokes now. And he still tries to, but they're not as funny now because I think people are looking for like more real jokes like mm-hmm. autobiographical kind of jokes right like there, there's there, there hasn't been a comedian you know I watch all the new Conans I watch all the new uh, like um, Fallon five minutes and right. there's very rarely a guy that's like hey what's the deal with um, Pop-Tarts or something <laughs> I know it's true. A lot yeah. of people don't do. Well, and the other thing is, it's been pretty much all said and all observed. Like everything's been observed by now. There's only so many things you could observe, and how many toilet jokes, how many Tinder jokes, how many this jokes can you keep going with? You know what I mean? So maybe that's a little bit of it as well, right? Yeah, and he has a formula where he's like, 
he like you know kind of takes to the absurd like um like he has that joke he always tells on, on comedians and cars where he says uh you know they'll the, the have like wanted photos on in the post office yes and they're like why don't they just grab that guy when he's t- when they're taking his photo yes <laughs> it still makes me chuckle though it's so corny but still <laughs> It's still good. It's still good. But see, that's the thing with him. And I don't know if it's his delivery, because obviously everyone saw it, and even he admits to it himself. He can't act for fucking shit. So <clears throat> I don't know if it's that stumbliness of his delivery, or because he feels like an everyday guy that you could relate to him. Even to this day, fucking guy is probably one of the richest comedians of all time, just on Seinfeld alone, that he still walks around in jeans and running shoes. Like He looks like your everyday Joe Schmo. Right, yeah, until he gets in his car. Well, yeah, well, they all have to have toys, you know what I mean? Uh, but at least yeah. he's not that much of a show-off. Yeah, he's great. I agree with him. I forgot. I completely forgot him when I was putting this list together. And again, it's not anything to do with the acting, because I loved Seinfeld too, but I'm going off his stand-up. Like I said, the observational shit, that's what got me in. Even his acting in Seinfeld, I didn't think it was that bad, and I think it kind of accented everybody else. Okay. Like, he was like the straight man, and all those characters were like the driving force of the show. Well, you know, of course, like, yeah. You couldn't have Seinfeld made, without Kramer and George. He made Kramer even funnier. I think so. Know? I think so, too. Because Kramer would react to when he was bad acting, almost. Like, you could see some scenes where you're like, I don't think you're supposed to do that. And then you, you literally see Jerry turn to the side and start chuckling, right? So, yeah, yeah. Th- that was classic shit. <laughs> and, and just like, like it's it's like Kramer will do something weird, and that's funny on its own, but then you pan over to Jerry. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> Love it. Like, uh, like, there's a scene where George is uh, calling Jerry for help. He's like, help, Jerry, I'm trapped. I'm wearing a towel. Yeah. And, and Jerry says, who is this? And then George goes, Jerry, come on! And, he, and Jerry says, all right, all right, keep your towel on. <laughs> <laughs> See the simplicity. Oh wait, never mind. George says that. I got it all wrong. Oh no, it's the other way around. You're right. It was yes. George was saying that. Yeah, George made that line, but that Jerry set George up for that line. Yeah, it's so true. They, that whole show was based on all the characters being that one entity. Like even if you take out Elaine, as many people say, Elaine wasn't uh, a con- uh, contributed much. If you take her out, that dynamics totally switches because it doesn't have that feminine vibe to it now. It's the same thing yeah. with George. Some people found George annoying, but that was his whole character being annoying. Same thing. Well, Kramer, everyone loved Kramer, so you, you had to have him. But everything together though made that perfect storm, and I think that that's what made Seinfeld Seinfeld. Honestly, yeah. And toward the later seasons, like there was never like a Jerry episode or a George episode or a, it was, a, a yes. Kramer episode. They all they all had equal showtime. So even if you didn't like one of the guys, you know you're getting a you're getting your money's worth. <laughs> and then even the brilliance of the writing where they brought in the people like fucking um what's his name the the guy jerry always fought with newman when they brought in newman after and then even peterman as her boss like those two characters were fucking classic as well and they were mainstays right so yeah absolutely it's classic stuff all right so yeah jerry seinfeld is my number three we're up to number two now okay so my number two is uh jim gaffigan oh you mentioned him before there you go i mentioned him before didn't you mention him at the beginning of the show? Something about Jim Gaffigan? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, you did. You said, I think you even said your style is like Gaffigan, I think. Is, isn't that what you said? Yeah, I think I did. Anyways. Uh, it feels like forever ago. <laughs> it probably is by now. Well, for some people, especially if they take breaks in between, it could have been a week ago that they listened to this portion. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just as lost as they are. No worries. 
Oh my god! All right. Well, uh, yeah, he he. he you know, like Gaffigan's specialty is food. Like he'll take uh, like a food and then have like ten minutes of jokes on one food. Really? Okay. See, I, I've never I know of him, but I've never seen any of his work. So, so I remember growing up, I would watch him on Comedy Central, and I'm like, this guy's a genius. Like he had one joke about bottled water. And okay. He's like, you know, they have uh, ingredients on the side. He's like, I'm no chemist, but I have a rough idea what's in bottled water. <laughs> you would hope so. You never know yeah, nowadays. Yeah, the in water. He's like, he's like, I don't expect it to turn around and see recipes. Oh my god! <laughs> he's like, oh, that's how you make ice cubes. <laughs> I like that. So yeah, like a lot of that delivery and stuff. Like I, I kind of oh. have just because he was my favorite. Like I watched him okay. twice when I was like sixteen. Right. Uh, live. There you go. Um, and and his like his tour de force joke is about hot pockets. Uh, that's like the one joke went viral and made him a huge star, basically. Really? And he's like, uh, Hot Pockets, you know, how did they think of that? Somebody in the marketing meeting, hey, uh, how about a Pop-Tart filled with meat? And, and then he goes, uh, the boss says, Johnson, that's disgusting. Get to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so, he is, uh, one of my favorites. He's just a huge influence on me. So I don't talk about food, but just the way he delivers, like sets, right. paints a picture, yeah, uh, yeah. says stuff you would never think of before. Like I, I just love that about him. Oh, there you go. Well, again, I've heard of him, but I've never seen his stuff. But yeah, no, he do, that does sound. But again, I'm not a real food per se type of guy. So okay, yeah, I'll, definitely look up the hot pocket joke. Okay, but if if you're like me, and I literally eat because I know it's for fuel. I don't eat because I love to eat. Does that make sense? Like, I eat because I know I'm hungry and I have to eat. You know what I mean? I don't find food like this drooling thing like, oh, I love this, I love that, where where some people do. So if I don't like food, will I still like his routine? Oh, my God, man. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm a very complex individual. I'm sorry. Yeah, really? I mean, well, it's a very unique part about you that you don't love food. I, I can't imagine anybody who doesn't love food. Well, don't get me wrong. Every once in a while, I do have craving for like, but I don't have craving for like, say, like a steak or this. I have craving for a type of food. Like I'll have a craving for, say, Italian. I'll have craving for Greek. I'll have craving for Chinese. But a little bit of everything, you know what I mean? I don't have one single craving. Like how some people are like, oh, I need a steak today. I need some red meat. I don't really have those types. Wow. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just the way I was built, I guess. Yeah, really? Um that's so unique. I never heard somebody say that. Well, there you go. I, I, try, I thrive to be unique, <laughs> even though it's not my fault, because I wish I wasn't the way I was, because for some times, like, it's not that I'm picky. Again, it's, I don't find food, I guess, I, I shouldn't be saying it, but I don't find food attractive. So You don't buy good food? No, I don't find food attractive. So, like I said before, I don't drool over it or anything. So, I can't, I don't know. It, it's just hard for me with food. But I wish it was easier, trust me. It would make my life a lot easier. If I could eat or see any type of food whenever I'd want, life would be a lot easier. So you never like go to a fancy place and you're like, oh my God, thank God I ordered this. Not really. All I really care about when I go out to a restaurant now is the service. As long as it has good service, I'm sold. <laughs> what the heck? So, what, what, what restaurant do you go to? No, I just go to regular restaurants, like I said, like like a Portuguese restaurant per se or an Italian restaurant, and as long as it's good enough service, I'm content. I'm good. So that's what you write on your Yelp? 
<laughs> well, pretty much. Good service, shit-ass food, but I recommend it. <laughs> nice and simple. No, again, I'm just weird that way. I'd... Yeah, exactly. You know, like, for example, we went out, me and my wife, I don't know if I talked about this in a previous episode, but if I did, too bad, sorry, I'm repeating myself. But we went out to a Portuguese restaurant, speaking of Portuguese, and I ordered what's called, a, it, it, it's like a dish that we have, it's called a bitok, which is a beef steak with a, hard, with a fried egg on top, rice, potatoes. Okay. okay? And I love my, and when I do eat meat, this is another weird thing of mine. I like a rare, uh, well, very well done, almost like crispy burnt, like almost Chicago. I, in, be, in between, I that too. <laughs> in between Chicago and well done is how I like it. You know what I mean? Wow. So I asked for whatever, and then it was by far one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. Oh, cool. But the service was shit and it was overpriced. <laughs> so I went and. Uh, I commented on an Instagram uh, post and I said that, yeah, you know, it's great, amazing food, but it was overly priced and no good service, whatever. And that's it. That's so don't eat here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. Again, it's just weird. I, I don't, I, like I said, I don't find food attractive. Wow. So you never look at a food commercial and you're like, wow, that looks good. You're just like, wow. I wonder if the waiter in the commercial is nice. Now I, <laughs> preface this with saying that i am a known pothead so when i do get the munchies maybe i'll have an inkling for like a bag of chips or something you know what i mean like i get this little rumbling and i finally find food attractive but other than that if i'm just watching tv and i'm straight as a whistle then no i don't care for any commercial with food so um you're without uh, words man like, like when you're eating you're right. like, you don't think like, oh my God, this is very, very good. Well, don't get me wrong. I'm not stupid. I could tell if it's good or not, but I don't oh, like, okay. like I feel sorry for my wife a lot of times because she ends up asking, she's like, oh, you didn't even tell me how dinner was. I'm like, yeah, it was good. It's like, well, it didn't seem like it. I was like, yeah, it was, it was good. It's like, well, you could be more enthusiastic. Well, I don't care for food. That's why. As huh. long as it's not poison, I'm good to go, man. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> So you might like you probably won't like Jim Gaffigan then. <laughs> well, see, that's why I was asking. So if I'm not really into food, then I guess I wouldn't be into his routine, right? Yeah, he uh, he makes fun of food. So I mean, if you're aware of what food is, like he'll okay. I'm not an get, idiot. You'll get the jo- I know <laughs> that was a joke. I mean, that I was making. Of course, you're aware of what food is. You have to eat. Oh, uh, all right. Uh, that was your number two. Yeah. All right, my number two. My number two is, again, because I grew up in a fucked up family, and this man grew up in a fucked up family too, and I could relate to a lot of shit because my dad was just as crazy as his too, and a lot of shit happened. But my number two comedian has a podcast and doesn't do a lot of acting, but has one of the best podcasts out there. I would say Mr. Bill Burr is my number two. Oh my God, wow. Yeah, he's great. He's one of my honorable mentions. There you go. Yeah, I love him. I just, everything he, and his delivery, the angry guy from Boston. How could you not love that? Like, it's just, I know it's overplayed now, but when he first started his, his routine and he just came up so angry at everything, like he just wanted to piss on everyone. That, I love that. Yeah. Makes me laugh all the time. He was also good because you'd always take the other side in the argument too. <laughs> right. And then, and then make that even funnier. <laughs> Thank you. Because that's what he usually yeah, does on 
on his podcast as well. Like he brings up a topic and he's like, "Am I the crazy one?" Like, and then he tries to see it from the other side, but he's like, "No, no, I'm not the crazy one. This is fucked up, man." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's just like his jokes. Like, so he has one topic, two different sides, and both of them are very funny. It's yeah. very inspiring in a way and he would have been on my list except he wasn't around when i was growing up you know like he he came into being uh he became super popular like right when i started stand-up oh there you go yeah well yeah he's yeah he's one of those guys that only got his break later in life i guess so to speak because he's really only blown up what in the last 10 years or so like i mean like superstar blown up yeah i mean even later like uh what really blew him up? It was... I think it was his Netflix special, that first one that was produced by Netflix. Because people knew of him and he was selling out arenas at the time. But I mean mainstream, like worldwide mainstream. Yeah, I think it was that first um, Netflix, you're right. It had I mean, to be, did right? It come out in 2012 or something? something. It was like one of the f- very first good stand-ups that Netflix put out there. Like he was like the pioneer of it, that shit. Right, yeah, you're right. That's what helped propelling him to super media star <laughs> pretty much yeah now he's just writing all over the place for netflix and making a killing but good for him though yeah great for him yeah so he's yeah again i could relate with a lot of his shit especially watching again has nothing to do with stand-up but his his netflix uh animated series that he has i can't remember the name of it now Episode family. Thank you. Yes. I love it. Because I could relate because I was the same thing. My dad growing up was the only one working in the house, this, this, and that. Old school mom, only cooked and cleaned. And you know what I mean? I was the youngest out of three siblings. So it's just like, oh, yeah, this is how my family was. It was just all fucked up. <laughs> so I love it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I do. I go with stuff that I could relate with, right? And I could relate with Bill Burr. Cool, man. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's super funny. All right, before we hit our number ones, do you have any more honorable mentions before we reveal our top? No, you've covered a lot of mine. All my honorable mentions were, were in your list, except for the one at the, except for the last one, which which is uh, my number one. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay, well, you just revealed it there. But I, okay, I got a little bit of honorable. Uh, again, to relate, Ricky Gervais, I love him. Again, going off his stand-up. Man's a genius. Like, he's smart. Like, again, going back to smart writing. I, f- I find that he says a lot of the shit that people think of but don't want to say too at the same time. You know what I mean? But does it in such a sincere way where you want to take his side, even if he is being ignorant of the cause. Right. You're absolutely right. And that's what I love that. Uh, Staples, obviously, you got, like, the Chris Rocks of the world, Martin Lawrence, like, all those guys. Even, uh, what's his name? The All those guys from, what was it? Uh, the Kings of Comedy? Bernie Mac. Yeah, that crew, Bernie Mac. I was going to say Bernie. Yeah, Bernie Mac. And then I'm, I'm horrible with names. I was going to say the Family Feud guy. Oh, he was in there. I know he was, but I forgot his name. And Steve Harvey. Oh, yeah, Fuck, it's the same name as mine, and I forgot it. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, yeah. So, you know what I mean? You have Doc, Cedric the Entertainer. All those guys are pretty funny as well. All the Waynes brothers, those guys are fucking amazing too. So, there, there's yeah, a lot of good Wayne's- talent out there. One of the that's funny because we were just talking about watching Delirious. One of the Wayans is in the beginning, isn't he? If anything, it's probably like the oldest brother, the creator of uh, in in Living Color. What was his name? Um, Keenan Ivory Wayans. Is that man? Is he the yeah. oldest? It was one of them because I remember 
like, you know, there's like some footage of Evie and friends in the beginning of Delirious. I'm like, oh my god, I think that's one of the Wayans. I wouldn't doubt it. They probably all came up together, right? So yeah, those are pretty much my honorable mentions. That's great. Those are all good. Again, all mainstream people, right? So, all right. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's give the audience what they've been uh, waiting okay. for. So you kind of ruined yours. So my number, number, you know, I think I give away my number one. <laughs> yeah, you did. But it's okay. You, now, now you can explain why, though. Uh, you can hear me? Yep, gotcha. Go for it. Oh, my God. Did did, I, did you lose Steve? me? Hello? Hello? Uh-oh. Steve, can you hear me? I could hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, we just lost him. Tom, Tom, Tom. You see, this is drama at its finest. Can you hear me now? Okay. Wait, I see you. What? That's fucking hilarious. How can I see you, but you can't see me? And now, is he taking a piss? What the fuck is going on here? I think he's taking a piss. Can you hear me now? He paused it. Hey, man. There you are. Are we good? Fuck. Can you hear me? I could hear you. Can you hear me? Round? Yeah, you're you're coming in garbled, and the uh, FaceTime says poor connection. But I was on <laughs> Wi-Fi. I just turned off Wi-Fi, so. Oh, maybe it was um, your Wi-Fi. That's that's a bit clunky. Yeah, but I turned it off. I'm still. But now I guess you're coming back a little bit. Oh, okay, because so I, I, I can hear you great now. I don't know what you were doing because I heard everything you said. I just couldn't see you, and it sounded like you were taking a piss. Was that what was going oh, no. on? I just turned. I turned on my uh, my faucet. <laughs> oh, well, that still sounds like you were taking a piss, but still, I was scared I was going to come back to something. You know, nothing. that would that would sound like pee. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we left everyone in suspense. It was a good cliffhanger. What's your number one then? <laughs> my number one is uh, is Dave Chappelle. Your number five. Oh wow, that's why you said what you said. Okay. Yeah, he is the comedian. You know, like successful show yep. successful uh stand-up like household name yeah he goes on saturday night live doing the monologue just just murders and is kind of inspirational mm-hmm. like he is a, a comedian's comedian and he's everybody's comedian like it's very few i don't know like he he is what every comedian on earth wants to be and when he released his new special every comedian at every show was like wow that inspired me to go home and write even more you know what you're not the first one that i've heard say that it's so true that's crazy i I totally forgot about that everyone was like oh my god not only did he drop one he dropped two with all this original content it was like wow so yeah that's crazy yeah he released two specials and they're both really different and they both were like um Everyone, everyone, every comedian was like, oh my God, I got to work like 10 times harder to keep up with this guy. <laughs> but you know what? If you love it and you do have the talent, then maybe that's what the, I guess, the genre needed to weed out the people who actually think they're talented but are not, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's always, there's always that weeding that goes on. But yeah, maybe it did. That's cool. All right. Let's not harp anymore because I talked about him as well. So we both like Dave Chappelle. But my number one was not mentioned by you. And I mentioned a lot of top comedians right now. So, okay, this man is literally a worldwide phenomenon. Sells out not only arenas, but sells out stadiums around the world. Wow. He is a local Canadian hometown boy of, of I guess, mine. Because where he's from, Brampton, is only a few miles from Toronto. He is the one and only Mr. Russell Peters. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess he has a little Canadian bias. 
You know what? He is as big as almost, I'm, I don't know if you're a hockey fan, but he's as big as Wayne Gretzky up here to us. Put it that way. Wow. He is huge. He's got a huge following up here in Canada and everywhere else. And it, it, I've heard it before, too, where he's not as big in the States as he is everywhere else really? around the world. I know he's got a worldwide following. I know he, like, sells out Dubai and stuff. Yes, yes. And even here, like, when he comes and performs in Toronto, he'll have back-to-back sold-out shows at uh, where the Toronto Raptors and the Toronto Maple Leafs play. So at, at their stadium, you know what I mean? I, I mean arena. So that just is something right there as well. That is so crazy. Yeah, it is. But again, I could relate because he makes fun of everything, no matter what. His race, other people's races, his wife's or his ex-wife's races, his friend's races, everything. He touched on everything and all the stereotypes. And he did it in a way where he wasn't demeaning them, but bringing it to light where everyone could just laugh about it. And I love that shit. Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, I mean, I can see it in, in that, but in America, like he's not known as one of the top comedians. And why is that though? Why is that? I, I always wondered again, it could be like you said, Canadian biased, right? But I don't know. I, everything he does, I find fucking hilarious. I don't know. We don't really just care for him. Like no comedians I know look are like Russell Peters. He's my influence. You know, like not a lot of them. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, say anything. No, no, he's very rarely talked about here. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know why. That's so know. weird. Like, I find that always weird when something always catches on. Maybe ev- because he kind of does... I, I, maybe his material doesn't relate to us. I, I have no idea. I've actually never listened to him, so I, I can't even... Oh, you're killing me right now. You're killing me. Like I said, again, I grew up in Toronto where... Same. Everything, like, there's everything here. There's so much multiculturalism, it's fucking ridiculous. So, for him to to make fun of, like I said. I've heard that he's popular, but I didn't know he was, like, number one Canada guy in in your list. (laughs) Well, okay, well, then that goes to show, I guess, my, my... who I like too on, on, but, well, it is what it is. What can you do? That's why comedy is good. It's... Not for everyone, yeah. and there's I, I a little bit of everything. I country difference, so maybe that explains why we haven't heard of, uh, you haven't heard of some people on my list. You know what, it's true, because way. back in the day, in the early 90s and shit, we didn't have Comedy Central here in Canada, right? So we missed out on all that early shit when people were coming up in the game. So we did. That's the thing. And there was no internet. You couldn't, like, find these people on your own. No. Like, mind you, we still had a good scene, because we had, like, John, the John Candies, Jim Carrey's, all these people coming yeah, up through I, the ranks here. But, again, it wasn't televised. So if you didn't see them live, you wouldn't know what they're about. That's the problem. And that's why they're not on my list or else they probably would be on my list. I just never got to see their stand-up. Right. Uh, Cool. Um, Wow. And and, uh, before we end, I just remembered an honorable mention is uh, Louis C.K. We didn't get to talk about him. Okay. I just lost the connection with you again. (laughs) See, as much as people make fun of Canadians, it seems... You still can't hear me, eh? It's connecting. Dum dum dum. Quality podcasting. Quality fucking podcasting here. Can you hear me now? Yeah, see, it has to be you because I feel bar. See, for all you Americans out there that make fun of us Canadians who live in a fucking igloo, at least we have good internet connection up here. Yeah, what the What's wrong with you guys? I put on you, man, because I got some bars. <laughs> so do I. I should take... I, I can't flip it over. You won't be... No, okay, now we're good. Like I was saying, you guys always make fun of us for living in igloos up here, but at least we have good internet connection, for fuck's sakes. Yeah. 
Igloo must be insulated with aluminum. I don't know, man. It must be. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's, yeah. Uh, I can hear you now. <laughs> well, perfect. It, it's a great timing for you to hear me because this is when we wrap it up and say our goodbyes. So, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, cool. <laughs> well, do you have anything to plug? Do you do you wish to say where people could find you, your Twitter, your Instagram, anything you got out there, any projects up and coming, anything you've done people want to check out? Uh, well, I'm coming out with a podcast with my friend. Uh, his name is a comedian, Stephen Rogers. It's going to be called The Intelligence. Oh, the intelligence g-e-n-t-s and uh wordplay nice we have a guest on they tell us a topic they're interested in we do all the research we inform them of stuff they didn't know about it oh shit um and uh one of our first guests is going to be brian regan nice who's uh my number four i believe Oh, there you go. So, you see, your list was based yeah. your list was solely based on kissing ass wasn't um, it this is just horrible now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I was a, a secret plug of mine. <laughs> okay, there you go. You, you did hear it after all. Perfect. <laughs> all right, so you have a podcast. Fantastic. Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, social media. Uh, Andrew Chavon on Instagram, A Chavon on Twitter. Um, and uh, I'm redoing my website, and it should be andrewchavon.com. Uh, then I'll have all my tour dates and videos and stuff. Oh, there you go. Nice. Beautiful. All right, people could find me. Like I said at the beginning, Finga Styles, F-I-N-G-A-S-T-Y-L-Z, Instagram, Twitter, that's the only place you could find me. If you want to visit a website, go to podbros.com. You can listen to my show there too. Support them by clicking on the Amazon banner. It takes two seconds, costs you nothing. And if you want to do some more extra shopping and you're a woman, go to podbros, podbros, I already said that. Go to poppyapparel.com, use promo code THEPODCAST yeah, with a capital D. Oh, get... sorry, were you still in the middle? I can't... <laughs> were you in the middle of your plug still? Yes, I was in the middle of plugging myself. You had to interrupt, Steve, didn't you? Are you there? I'm, I'm always here, my friend. You're the one with the poor connection, not me. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted to say thanks, man, for having me on. Yes, well, let, let, let's cut this short because obviously we're having technical difficulties. So I'll finish up on my own. Don't worry about it. Thank you yep. for coming aboard. I really appreciate it, Andrew. If you ever have, need, yep. have the need to come on again, you're more than welcome. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now you know that I look like a 70s vagina face and I have an eating disorder of some sort. Yeah, no problem. I, and I'm sorry about the poor connection. Uh, I got to say, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this never happened. Okay, let, let's do this. Next time you're here in Toronto and you're performing, because I know you'll, you'll have to come up here one time or another, you'll, I'll have you in studio and we, we can make it up to everybody. Yeah. How about that? I'll have to go to a library. Or that. That's fair too. <laughs> all right andrew thanks a lot appreciate it all right steve thank you so much man i'll talk to you later i'll see you on twitter sounds good man see you around thanks bye man you try and you try and you try to put out good content i don't blame andrew obviously it's whoever whatever the connection was but i know mine was mine good on my end because i had full bars like usual my bars always go up but as i was trying to say before i let andrew go was go to poppyapparel.com use promo code the podcast with a capital d you'll get 10 percent off free shipping worldwide listen to me on emzt radio every sunday's podcast block in between one and five six around there i'm usually on around three or four you could also go and listen to me to these are suspects like i always say itunes stitcher tune in soundcloud and oh 
before I let you everyone go. There's been a little bit of rebranding on our Twitter account. The one that used to be run by Master P is no longer run by Master... Well, he does run it, but it's run by the both of us now. We have both access to it. And I've rebranded. I made that the podcast page. And I made my own personal back to my personal. And Master P, no one knows who he is. He has his own personal. So I'm not going to plug his personal shit. So if you want to reach now the podcast on Twitter, it's the podcast DAP. And also, if you want to email us, the podcast dap at gmail.com. Well, sorry for the technical difficulties. Obviously, I can't have always someone in studio every week. It is what it is. Hopefully, we had enough good stories. You saw my top five, or you heard my top five, heard Andrew's top five. Again, coming from a comic, I'm sure his are probably a bit better than mine. But again, I am Canadian. And like I said, I got into the comic, the stand-up comic scene fairly late in my life. So it is what it is. He's Andrew. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace.